So if you were to pick who is the worst governor in all of the United States, my state of Florida, Ron DeSantis, looked like he was pretty much running away with it. I don't know how familiar you are with football, but maybe you're familiar with the Super Bowl. There was a Super Bowl, it was, I don't know, about five years ago, I think it was. It was at New England and Atlanta. And Atlanta was beating the New England Patriots, Tom Brady's New England Patriots, by 25 points with eight minutes to go in the third quarter, which, if you're not familiar with football, is a very big lead in a the biggest game of the year in which, for the most part, it should be a no-brainer that you win it. Well, Tom Brady does his magical thing, storms back, and beats the Atlanta Falcons to win the Super Bowl. Well, it appears as if Greg Abbott of Texas is the Tom Brady and New England Patriots. Uh, and I apologize to any Patriot fans out there that are not a fan of Tom Abbott, but I am just making an analogy here that Tom Abbott may be taking over as the worst governor in all of the United States. Now, listen, the game's not 100% over because Ron DeSantis... By the way, I do recognize I was just calling him Tom Abbott. I was mixing Tom Brady and Greg Abbott together. And I'm going to pretend like I did that on purpose. So it, it appears as if I am a professional while doing this. But I say Ron DeSantis may not be done because it appears as if it is possible that Ron DeSantis is going to try to do what Greg Abbott did in Texas with this new abortion law. If you have not heard about it by now, any woman who is pregnant in the state of Texas can no longer get an abortion if she is longer than six weeks pregnant. Now, I'm not an expert at pregnancy, and I'm not really sure exactly how this works, but it's my thought or guess that most women won't know they're pregnant at six weeks, maybe you'll know, I think, maybe, I don't know, but I'm guessing there's a lot of women out there who don't know they're pregnant until after six weeks, but whether that's the case or it's not the case, we are now in a country that's not really looking like the America that we all have thought we should be or the America that we strive to be. I mean, let's add up a few things here. We have basically state TV and Fox News and OAN and what's the other? Newsmax. We have laws now in this country that state women can't get abortions. We have extremists and domestic terrorists who want to storm the nation's capital because they want to overthrow the government and overturn an election just because they didn't like the results. We have the meddling in elections by our elected officials, and we have religious zealots. We are starting to sound more and more like Afghanistan every single day. The Taliban-led Afghanistan. Now, if you say, come on, man, it's not exactly the same, I would agree with you. It's not exactly the same because we still do have 
a side in this country that can stand up and fight for what is right. In fact, uh, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi just announced on Thursday that the House of Representatives will vote later this month on a bill that would protect the right to abortion across the country. Now, if the bill does pass, the future would be uncertain, of course, because we have a 50-50 Senate, and because of the filibuster, we need 60 votes to overcome that the bill would be called the Women's Health Protection Act, which would guarantee a pregnant woman's right to access an abortion along with providers being able to perform abortions. It would codify into law protections provided under the landmark Roe versus Wade decision, which legalized abortion across the country back in 1973. The bill would do this by establishing a statutory right to perform or receive the procedure free from restrictions that single out abortion care. And the bill would nullify any restrictive abortion laws. Unfortunately, as I see it is, the Democrats seem to have a hard time passing anything. I mean, Republicans are passing things left and right in their states when it comes to now abortion laws, voter suppression, anything that they want, they're passing left and right. But for us to stop it, we have to do things on a national level. And trying to do that with the, we control the presidency, we control the House, and we control the Senate, and everything is still an obstacle. And mainly because we have two people who call themselves Democrats in Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema. I'm not even sure, why are they Democrats? I don't, I don't even understand this Joe Manchin. The House passes a $3.5 trillion budget package. It's under the budget reconciliation package, so that means that Democrats don't need the supermajority. They don't need 60 votes in the Senate. They can get their 50 votes. And unfortunately, Joe Manchin is one of these 50 votes. And now he's writing an op-ed in the Wall Street Journal saying, I think we should put the brakes on this $3.5 trillion package, which means if he votes no on it, then it's a no. You know, Democrats are celebrating that they think they finally got something that they can pass that will help the American people because they figure that Joe Manchin, because if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure Joe Manchin was on board with it to begin with, and now all of a sudden he's saying to pump the brakes. So with his no, it's not going to happen. So here we go again with the Democrats getting the short end of the stick. How is it that the party who clearly has the majority of the country, can't do anything. They can't win anything. I mean, they literally lost two presidential elections. Even though they had more votes, they lost the election with more votes. It makes no sense. Barack Obama nominates Merrick Garland to be on the Supreme Court. That didn't happen. Then, of course, Ruth Bader Ginsburg dies during Donald Trump's administration, and he's able to appoint three different judges to the Supreme Court. I mean, how, how is this all falling into place so perfectly for the party that is the minority of the country? This makes zero sense. And unfortunately, you, I mean, you think it's bad now. If somehow they take over the House, which is a very good possibility, and they take over the Senate, I would imagine if they take over the House and they take over the Senate, 
it's going to be difficult for them to win the presidency again. Now, they're going to keep up this Afghanistan thing for as long as they can. They're going to try to make this thing stick to Joe Biden the way they made Benghazi stick to Hillary Clinton, which, again, as we all know, is outrageously ridiculous. And she had nothing to do with what happened in Benghazi. But if you say Benghazi to the average moron in this country, what are they going to say? I Hillary Clinton hates America and is killing our soldiers. I mean, seriously, there are people to this day who still will blame Hillary. They hear Benghazi and it's Hillary Clinton and she killed those soldiers. There, even if you provide the proof, I'm, and when I say proof, I'm talking about Republican-led committees, Republican-led investigations. That guy, Trey Gowdy, you remember him? He led his own investigation. And by the end of it, it was like, nah, she really didn't do anything. But they don't care. In the media, they're going to scream, scream, scream until that dark cavern of idiots that reside in there that will listen to and believe anything they say. Because all it really has to be, it doesn't even have to be a fact. If it's innuendo, that's all they have to go by. Everything is innuendo with this Republican Party and Republican news and the conservative media. It's all innuendo, and it sticks so well because their audience just isn't really that politically bright. I'm not saying they're stupid people. I'm just saying they're not politically bright. I guess it's the nice way of saying they're not smart people. And as I always do, I will qualify that there are people on the left that are not smart people. There's no question. However, there is not a left-wing lie machine like there is on the right. You know, I hear everybody all the time saying, what about CNN? What about MSNBC? What about, what about them? I mean, maybe do they have some biases towards the left? They do. But none of their stories are innuendo. None of their stories are false, fake news. But that conservative right-wing media machine has taken over. They've taken over that term, fake news. They are the fake news, yet they've taken over that term, making the people who watch them and listen to them thinking that everybody else is fake news. You say anything negative about Donald Trump, fake news. We all know this. Take, of course, what happened in Afghanistan recently. If you even think about bringing up to a Trump supporter that Donald Trump deserves some blame in this, nope, it's all on Joe Biden, fake news. Like, do you, let me ask you a question. Did you think Donald Trump did anything bad at all in his entire presidency? How about his entire life? Did he do anything bad? And you know what the standard blanket answer seems to be every single time with these people well maybe he tweeted too much like that's what you came up with for donald trump the worst thing about donald trump is that he tweeted too much i mean seriously that'd be like asking what's the worst thing about charles manson and your answer would be well i think he smoked too much he had too many cigarettes oh okay well what about grabbing by the pussy well that's locker room talk hmm okay well, what about uh, having sex with a porn star while your wife is pregnant? No, nope, she's just a big liar. She just wants money. 
how about Mexicans are rapists and Muslims? We need to keep them out of the country until we figure out what's going on with them. Well, he just loves our country. He's just trying to make it strong and protect our country, unlike the Democrats. What about siding with Vladimir Putin saying that he had nothing to do with the interference in our election? Uh, fake news. I could do this for another hour, but um, you get the gist. You get the point. But anyway, the Afghanistan news is still obviously something that has um, rocked the Joe Biden presidency. Doesn't matter where you turn. I'll, you know, I go back to saying, you know, we don't have state TV on the left side because if you watch the CNNs or the CNNBCs or the what they call the fake news, they're not giving Joe Biden a pass on this and they shouldn't. I mean, Joe Biden definitely deserves some blame in this catastrophe that happened in Afghanistan. I said it last week. I'll say it again this week. He definitely, again, just as a layperson, I can't understand why we would not clear out all Americans. We wouldn't clear out all the Afghan refugees who helped us and that the ones we should before we left. It just doesn't make any sense to me, especially since we extended the deadline. The deadline, we were supposed to be out there in May. He extended it to August. We had all kinds of time. Now, the only thing that may you get half a pass on if you thought, you know, I thought the Afghan government and the Afghan army would step up a little bit more and keep everybody at bay until we got out of there. I mean, kind of, I can understand that. But, you know, it's one of those things that if you own a business, let's just say you own a business and you're reliant on something positive to happen for that business. I personally would put it in my own hands and not leave it in the hands of somebody else, especially somebody that I really don't know. Even though we've been there for 20 years, you don't know how the Afghan government, you don't know how all these people are going to react. I probably would have just said, look, let's just go ahead and do all this stuff first and then go. And this just as a layperson, I promise you, I was talking to somebody about this at work the other day. I know we're not supposed to really talk about this work, but we're both on the same page, so we can kind of do that. And my sort of take on it was, here's the easiest answer for everybody in America, just the regular person like me and you and everybody else that you know that you work with. The easiest answer for Afghanistan is for everybody to step back and just realize none of us know what in the hell we're talking about. I mean, we have opinions based on what you just see on television and what you read in the newspaper, but Afghanistan and this whole situation is a thousand times more complex, a thousand times more nuanced than Joe Biden sucks or Donald Trump did this or Barack Obama or George W. Bush. There's a billion things to talk about when it comes to Afghanistan and for the most part, Americans are talking about two of them, two out of the billion. But here's one thing I feel incredibly sure about. One thing that I hear all the time where people are now saying, well, our country is weaker now and get ready for more attacks on our country. Joe Biden, you know, they. I hear a lot of uh, people when Joe Biden gave his speech a few uh, days ago, a week ago, whatever it was, and he put his head 
down towards the microphone. And a lot of people took a snapshot of that, put it on social media, one being Donald Trump Jr., who may be in the top five human beings who have the least self-awareness of who they are in this country, posts something on one of his social media things, this is what weakness look, looks like, and people are scared. Oh my gosh, Joe Biden is so weak that our country is going to get attacked. And I had a conversation with a friend of mine the other day about that, and I asked him, I said, let me just ask a question. In our history of being alive, our parents' history and our grandparents' history of being alive, how many times has there been an attack on the United States on our soil? Of course, 9-11, which is coming up, and we'll discuss that probably on the next show. I was watching, not to get on off a tangent, but um, National Geographic Channel just did a six-part series on 9-11, which was really ah, so hard to watch. Um, but there's a lot of positive and um, sort of heartfelt stories that were on there, which made it a little easier to watch. But anyway, 9-11 was an attack on our country. Pearl Harbor was an attack on our country. So we can name two major attacks on our country, no matter who the president was. And I feel good enough Everybody loves to brag about our military. I feel good about our military and the intelligence of our military to keep any terrorist attack at bay. Is that a 100% certainty? Of course it's not. Nothing's a 100% certainty. But if you add up the math on this one, it's pretty much in our favor that we do a really good job protecting our country no matter who the president is, no matter what our military budget is, our military budget is always going to be so incredibly high that you can take away, and this is something that has been suggested by other people, but if you suggest it, it looks like you are just so anti-American, but we could take away billions of dollars of our military budget. And probably put it to a little bit of a better use and still be the most badass military in the entire world. I, my personal opinion, just based on what I've read about our military, if we felt like taking out a country, any country that we wanted to, we could probably do it within an hour. You know, that's how ridiculously strong our military is. Now, of course, we will never do that, but... I'm not worried about our military. I'm not worried about our security. Even if we reduce the budget of our military, I'm not worried about it. Think of it this way. This is how strong our military is and how much the budget that we have in our military. Think of it this way. The sun, I think, if I'm not mistaken, is like 27 million degrees Celsius. Is that, do you, is that right? 27 million degrees Celsius? I think, you know what? Here's what I'm going to do. Because I have the access to the internet, I am going to look this up. And I know I should probably just pause this right now and edit all this out, but I'm not. I'm going to take you along on this journey of how hot 
is the sun. I probably could have, let's see. It is, how many degrees hot is the sun? 27 million degrees, I was correct. I thought I remembered that from somewhere. But anyway, back to my point. So if the sun is 27 million degrees and you said, you know what, let's lower it down to 25 million degrees, that's still pretty damn hot. That would be is if you took away maybe a couple billion dollars off of our budget for the military, that's still a 25 million degree sun. So let's cut the crap with our military ever being weakened because you want to use that as some political innuendo. But anyway, it's an exciting time for me. Football season is now here. College football starts this weekend, pro the next weekend. It's usually exciting for me until about week three or four when my teams start going. I'm a Miami Hurricanes, Miami Dolphins fan. So I'm usually excited when the season starts, and as it progresses, I usually get pretty upset. But I have hope, as always, and I have hope for my teams this season. So I will be looking forward to that starting this weekend. As always, I love you guys. I love when you download and listen to the show. I love when you subscribe. I love when you rate it. I love when you review the show. I love when you send me emails at runshousepodcast at gmail.com. You know, you throw some questions or some comments at me, and I really do appreciate that. And I do appreciate all the love. Um, We have a nice, long Labor Day weekend ahead of us. I hope everybody is able, A, to enjoy their Labor Day weekend. I hope everybody stays as safe as you possibly can. And I hope that you check out my show every time there is one available. Thank you guys again so much for listening, and we will talk to you again soon.